Future cast crystal balls projections. Oh my, the Oklahoma Sooners recruiting scene was set ablaze on Saturday. We'll talk about that and how the narrative that the Oklahoma Sooners can't recruit under Brent Venables has officially taken the dirt nap on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation, and welcome to Locked On Sooners, the first episode of Locked On Sooners in the month of August, the final month of the 2022 calendar year without college football. Congratulations, everybody. We're less than five weeks away now from the start of football season. My name is John Williams. Thank you for joining us. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. Joining me is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRef. You can also re- hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on 94.7, The Ref in Norman. Happy birthday, Josh. You celebrated uh, a big birthday on Saturday. That's right. The the big 2-0 for me uh, this past Saturday. A little bit more than that this past Saturday. <laughs> no big deal, though. Who's counting anymore? Thank you. It was a, a great birthday. You said it very well. Very, uh, very articulately right there. We are through, baby. The dog days of summer. Finally. We are moving into the final month uh, that will be without Oklahoma football and, you know, for all intents and purposes, as far as I'm concerned, John, we basically do have Oklahoma football in the month of August because guess what? We've got media days coming up this week from the University of Oklahoma. So we'll be getting a lot of content and we'll be hearing a lot from the Oklahoma Sooners throughout the month of August. So, yeah, OK, they're not playing a official football game in the month of August, but in terms of speculation season, There'll be a little more speculation throughout this month, but for the most part, baby, we are we are in it. We are in the throes of the season 2022. It's here. Yeah, fall camp starts on Thursday. We're going to start actually getting to put some, some theories to the test over the next few weeks as they start practice. The depth chart starts to line out a little bit more. And like you said, we're going to be at Oklahoma Media Day. Josh will be there with the radio station. I'll be there with Sooners Wire. So we're going to be able to get a little bit more insight into what's going on with these these players. And I said on Wednesday, it's actually on Tuesday. My apologies for that. So we'll be looking forward to, to sharing our thoughts on that uh, with you guys later in the week. But Josh, man, Saturday was quite the day. Like I, I woke up early in the morning, wrote some stories, kind of re- was relaxing with the kids. A little after lunchtime, crystal ball projection, future cast on three projection, just one after the other, after the other, after the Oklahoma Sooners had the party at the palace on Friday night. It seems like that made a huge difference for some players on the recruiting trail for the 2023 class. Tremendous. And we said that Oklahoma, we didn't think, was anywhere quite close to done in this 2023 class already with the 17 commits. And thinking back to two months ago when they only had four, what a tear. I mean, it's been in one calendar month, and we chatted about this most recently with Parker Thune. He was trying to – he's a younger – Oklahoma reporter on the recruiting side for OU Insider, but uh, he was racking his brain and couldn't think of another month that was that productive for Oklahoma in the recruiting department. Doesn't seem like, uh, at least as we start off the month of August, that OU's lost any of that steam. Instead, they uh, though they haven't picked up that next commitment yet, crystal ball, 
Rivals Futurecast, on three prediction, you, you name it. Yeah, and I think the exciting part about it, John, is, again, the defensive projections for Oklahoma and the fact that a lot of these guys seems like they're going to be guys that play either on the edge or up front for OU, which for my money, John, look, we can sit here and we can talk excitement over Anthony Evans, a wide receiver who's a very, very talented wide receiver that Oklahoma got one of those crystal ball project uh, projections in for Anthony Evans. I love skill talent. I love dating back a little bit further to the quarterback that we saw projection into Oklahoma uh, for Michael Hawkins. Love that. But, man, you start talking about defensive linemen and edge guys like a Jordan Renaud, like a Colton Vasek, like a David Stone, like a Mr. Hicks. Okay, baby. Well, now we're talking about where national championships are won in the SEC. Yeah, they're cooking with fire on the defensive front right now. It seemed like it was kind of a, a bit slow to get started. And then, boom, we got uh, you know P.J. Adabare. And then they got Derek LeBlanc. And then all of a sudden now David Stone crystal ball for the 2024 class. And then on Saturday, the first one that came through was Colton Vasek. Now he spent Thursday with the Texas Longhorns in Austin, was in Norman on Friday. And since then, it's been one projection after another. Colton Vasek looks like he's heading to the Oklahoma Sooners, barring some last-minute unforeseen change. He's planning to commit on Monday at 3 o'clock Central Time, so we'll make sure we have some coverage for that as well. But, yeah, Colton Vasek looks like he's going to be an Oklahoma Sooner. And when I watch the tape on this guy, and I'll, I'll share a little bit more on that tomorrow, I see a guy that has some J.J. Watt-type skill to him. I'm not going to say he's J.J. Watt because that's very high praise for a future Hall of Famer in J.J. Watt. But he's got that long body, you know, that that he's six foot five and he's 260, probably going to have the ability to get up to 270, 280. And he's just, you know, strong and athletic and he's quick. Like he's got those same kind of tools. And I, I hate even making comparisons like that because of that. But that one comes down. David Hicks, a top 15, the number one defensive tackle in the 2023 recruiting class. Those projections come down from Rivals Futurecast. I mean, it's, it's insane. And then Jordan Renaud. And what's intriguing about all of this is the recruiting battles that Oklahoma has entered into. So for Jordan Renaud, he was very highly considering going to Alabama. Like Alabama was the team that Oklahoma has to beat in order to get him. Colton Vasek, an Austin Westlake kid. They're going to have to beat the Texas Longhorns in their own backyard for that guy. And then who's, oh, David Hicks. Most people project him on three still has Texas A&M out in front for David Hicks. And so you're talking about three of the best recruiting schools in the country that Oklahoma is going up against. And it looks like they're going to win these battles over the next few weeks. We're going to get Vasek's commitment on Monday. That looks like it's going to be Oklahoma, but then we still got a few more commitments coming down the pipeline. It's, it's crazy. Like this is the level that Brent Venables has Oklahoma at. And you mentioned it recruiting against the sec Texas isn't quite there yet, but they're heading that direction. But Alabama and Texas A&M, you can win those recruiting battles. Now, you're not going to win all of them, but if you can win some of them against those highly decorated recruiting schools, that's going to set you up very, very well for the future. You hit on it, and not that we haven't seen Oklahoma go into Westlake before. There's maybe one name or somebody from Austin that comes to mind that uh, did a little bit something for Oklahoma over the course of his career, though obviously Baker Mayfield did not start out in Norman, Oklahoma. He, you know, obviously started at Texas Tech and then eventually wound up at OU. The fact, though, that 
Oklahoma in this particular recruitment for a Colton Vasek? If yes, we get that decision that he's committing to Oklahoma. The fact that, again, he's an Austin kid. Uh, I believe he's a Texas legacy, is he not? And the fact that you could potentially win that type of recruiting battle is obviously significant. And then just across the board, these predict predictions, these projections that they've got coming in, John. I mean, you look at it and Jordan Renaud, okay, four-star kid, according to 24-7 Sports, Vasek, four-star kid, Anthony Evans, wide receiver, four-star kid, Stone, yeah, that's coming up in the next class, five-star kid, Macari Vickers, a safety, four-star kid. I mean, we are talking about some big-time blue-chip talent that Oklahoma is uh, landing here of late. You date back just uh, a little bit further and you think of both LeBlanc and Josiah Wagner, they are on an absolute tear. Yeah, and there's potentially even more coming down the pipeline because that's not even everything that we're hearing. I mean, there's a lot. There's several more kids that are being rumored to be heading toward Oklahoma, but it's just not anything that anybody's putting projections out for, and so we can't really speak to that just yet. But, it, I mean, there's potential that they're going to flip some kids that are already committed as well. So we'll definitely talk more about that down the road. But coming up, we got to talk about – just the narrative that has gotten created. And we have uh, the ref to blame for this a little bit, but uh, people taking exception to Brent Venable's comments about what recruiting should be like and what a commitment should be like. And we'll talk about that on the other side. But first, I want to talk to you about Bet Online. It's the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your betting needs, find all your favorite sports, events, and it's the number one online source for all odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They've got you covered. So head to BetOnline today to use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, Josh. So we had a couple think pieces come out over the weekend after uh, your folks over there at 94.7 The Ref on the Ref uh, Twitter account shared the video of Brent Venables talking about Oklahoma, you know, telling kids basically like, listen, go through your whole process before you make a commitment. Like, we want you to understand what commitment is and we don't want you to commit to us and then go out and kind of shop around a little bit more to see what might else be out there. If you want to go look, go look. By all means, go check out your options. Go see what everything is out there, but don't commit yet. Now, that video, now I'm kind of paraphrasing what Brent Venables had to say on that, but that video basically went viral over the weekend because everything that was going down, you know, uh, Notre Dame commit visiting Oklahoma and LSU commit visiting Oklahoma and several outlets you can look at barstool you can look at uh, which don't worry about looking at barstool uh, you can look at the athletic you can look at some of my colleagues over um, on the usa today sports wire side and they're all basically saying that brent venable's view on commits taking visits is a bit hypocritical now josh i mean we got ari wasserman from the athletic i i, I just don't know how else to explain to people that from Brent Venable's mind, his perspective that a commitment or a commit taking visits isn't really committed. That's his worldview. That's the way he views everything. It's through that lens. And so for people to say like, this is just mincing words or whatever, it's, it's not. 
Because if you're committed, you're done. You're finished, according to Brent Venables. But that's not the way the rest of the, the college football world wants to see it. No, the rest of the college football world wants to see it as Brent Venables, if you have that approach, don't commit to the University of Oklahoma unless you're fully committed, then don't go after other programs, committed players, which I guess to some degree I can understand where you make that connection. But really what Oklahoma is doing in terms of, you know, the recruiting trail is specific to guys that Oklahoma has committed, right? Now, if you're committed to another school, generally speaking, if it's, you know, generally speaking, I don't know that Brent Venables is trying to get a bunch of guys to flip out of commitments in other places, but maybe for a player or two here or there, that uh, opportunity exists. Obviously for Peyton Bowen, seems like that opportunity exists for Bowen to potentially flip from Notre Dame to the University of Oklahoma. I don't know if there's just some hard and fast rule that Brent Venables and OU has. If you're committed somewhere else, then that's kind of off the table for OU. We know with Jaron Kanick, it did take some very unique circumstances for Brent Venables and for Oklahoma to feel comfortable having Jaron Kanick wind up on the University of Oklahoma campus. And basically that unique circumstance, John, was Jaron Kanick saying, yeah, I'm just going to show up whether or not you have a scholarship for me or not. Again, now that was a Clemson and Oklahoma situation and Dabo Sweeney and Brent Venable's situation. So ultimately, I guess, is that different than what you would see with a Marcus Freeman in Notre Dame or really any other head coach in America and a prospective recruit that's quote-unquote committed or is committed to a different program? I, I guess probably so. For Oklahoma, though, I think with Brent Venables, he's just saying, if you commit to us, if you commit to the University of Oklahoma, then you're shutting it down and you're not taking visits anywhere else, which obviously Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame they haven't really had that approach, or in this instance with Bowen, it doesn't seem that they've had that approach because guess what? He's been visiting Oklahoma and others. Well, and, and you can also look at Ryan Yates, a teammate of Jackson Arnold's down there at Denton Geyer, who is committed to LSU but came with his buddy up to uh, Oklahoma to check it out. And it, it's just kind of the way it is. Like if you're not going to have that, fast, that hard and fast rule with your commitments, they're going to go explore. And what did we see earlier this spring with Ashton Cozart, a Oklahoma Sooners commit, four-star wide receiver? He wanted to go check out things up in Oregon. What happened at that point? Well, I mean, we don't know it for sure, but the rumor is that Oklahoma kind of pulled back at that point. They didn't pull the offer, but they were like, if you go, go, go ahead and go explore. But at that point, once he decided to explore, he was pretty much gone. And he became an Oregon commit. And that's fine. We never really heard anything else about that at that point. Nobody slandered the kid. Nobody talked bad about the kid. It just He just decided he wanted to go visit Oregon. He's from up in that area. So it's not like they're telling kids like, nope, once you commit, you're here forever. Obviously, you're not there until you sign your national letter of intent. But it's one of those things like he, he just wants them to, to just go through the process, like make informed decisions. And I think that's really wise. Like as much as he's you know taking fire for this, it's really – it's wisdom. Like you shouldn't go make a commitment somewhere – until you've explored all your options. You know, if you decide like Oklahoma is it, then great. That's, that's fine. 
But if you want to see what Notre Dame is like, what LSU is like, what Alabama is like, then by all means, go check it out. Go on your official visits. Go see what the campuses are like. Go meet with the coaches. And if you decide that one of those is your is your choice, great. You've, you've done it. But if you've gone to all those schools and then came back to Oklahoma and said, I still want to commit, then you've made an informed decision. You haven't made an emotional decision like he talked about in that video where, I mean, it's really easy to get excited and hyped up probably when you get on a college campus and everybody's whining and dining you and showing you all the opportunities. And, you know, if you're the Texas A&M assistant coach talking about all the money, the, the boosters in the boxes are going to give you, then, yeah, I mean, it's really easy to make those decisions on those visits. But then maybe you decide later on, you know, two weeks later, like, oh, man, I probably shouldn't have committed. And then you have to back out. I think this is a, I think this is a, maybe it's not an, unpo- it's not a popular, you know, way of thinking in the college football community, but I think it's an important way of thinking. Like if you're going to make a commitment, let your word be what it is. Like, like let it mean something. And that, I think that's something that's a little bit lost in our society today is just this, this, this idea that we can just back out of commitments. And I know it happens all the time in college football. It does. It's just the way of the world. We get the transfer portal too. that adds another layer to that as well. But you look at Clemson, and they, they don't get a lot of decommitments. They don't get a lot of guys transferring out. Um, you know, they get some, but not a ton. They retain a lot of their roster. And a lot of it creates that camaraderie, that brotherhood. And I think that's a good thing. I think there's something, there's something noble to pursue in that front. Um, and so I, I, I get why people are you know, upset or frustrated or you know, they want to call Brent Medibles out. But I just think like, maybe we should applaud it instead of you know, taking the stance that, that it's hypocritical. Maybe we should just like, hey, you know what? That's a really wise thing to tell a high school kid and his family when they're trying to make a decision that's going to impact not just the next four years of their life, but potentially the rest of their lives. Is the hang-up with these – now, keep in mind, the Nip Sh- Nick Shipkowski, who wrote that story for Fighting Irish Wire, okay, well, Bowen is committed to the University of Notre Dame. So there's a little bit of skin in the game from that standpoint from a Notre Dame reporter not necessarily wanting a Notre Dame commit to get flipped to the University of Oklahoma. So let's just note that part. Ari Wasserman for the athletic. Okay. That's a little bit different. Maybe his perspective uh, from, from a national standpoint on the university of Oklahoma, but does it really ultimately, even with that Notre Dame tie for Nick, does it ultimately boil down to this piece? Brent Venables in that viral video that obviously, uh, you know, our station put out of Brent Venables talking about commitments. Is it basically because Brent Venables uses the analogy of marriage is that pretty much why he's getting labeled as this hypocrite here to where he's saying, Hey, if you commit to the university of Oklahoma, you're committed just to us and you're not taking visits elsewhere. And then meanwhile, you know, he's, he makes the analogy of, uh, you know, a marriage between the, obviously the commit and the university of Oklahoma and, you know, Brent Venables and the staff and this and that, is it just this idea that, yeah, well, I mean, if you're going to use this analogy of marriage and then you're going to go break up a happy home, so to speak, in uh, the case of a bone. I mean, is that really where the hang-up lies? 100%. But then at that point, like, people are looking too deep. Like, this is a coach giving an impassioned speech on a podium before he's ever coached a football game as a head coach. I think people are just, like, attacking just the, that premise and that, that analogy. Yeah, it's just all semantics. And I get, like, even my perception of what, it, you know, of him talking about commitment, it's semantics on my end a little bit, too. 
at the same time, it, like what we're coming down to is just commitment. Like if you're making, if you made a commitment to somebody, you shouldn't be out looking around. You shouldn't be shopping around. You shouldn't be, you know, if you're, if you're committed and you're happy with Notre Dame or LSU or Miami or whatever school, then there's no reason for you to look around at any other school. But if you're looking around, then obviously you're not fully content with what you're seeing. So you're not necessarily happy. You, you don't like what you're seeing. So again, it comes back to like, I think, yes, it's the analogy that everybody has everybody hung up, but I think they're just looking too deep at it. Like, yes, he used the analogy. He did it that way. But again, it, we're also in the world of college football where it's eat or be eaten at the same time. So it's a good analogy, but it's an imperfect analogy. And, you know, we're not done hearing about this because I bet we'll get one of Peyton Bowen or Ryan Yates at some point going to Oklahoma. But, uh, yeah, it's it's just people too hung up on that analogy as opposed to hearing the rest of what he had to say. Sure, can you criticize him for that? Absolutely. But maybe let's look beyond the actual analogy and let's look at what he's trying to teach these kids and these families as they go through their recruiting process. But hey, we got fall practice starting on Thursday. We're going to get to see or at least hear about some practice reports. At, hopefully at times we'll be able to get out there and watch some practice for you and let you know how things are going. Uh, but Dylan Gabriel had some things to say uh, at Big 12 Media Day about what he's looking forward to. And we'll talk about that after Josh tells you all about our friends over at Home Field Apparel. Yes, we love our friends over at Home Field Apparel. They've got 15 awesome pieces of apparel in their collection. I'm sure that that's just set to grow. Uh, as soon as you folks go check out that collection, uh, T-shirts, hoodies, crewnecks, you name it, all vintage marks. John, if you're, if you're watching everyone on the YouTube side, behind John there, a couple of uh, their shirts. Now uh, our new customers, they can head over, get 15% off their first purchase from Home Field Apparel with our code LOCKEDONSUITERS at checkout over at homefieldapparel.com. That's our code LOCKEDONSUITERS at checkout at homefieldapparel.com. Dylan Gabriel did have some interesting comments. He was at Big 12 Media Days, asked about the idea, John, that, hey, you haven't really played in a conference like the Big 12. You haven't played in a program like Oklahoma. And sure, you've played some power opponents here and there while at UCF, but how prepared are you for that type of challenge in the Big 12 at Oklahoma? And I loved this quote from Dylan Gabriel. Quote, I think it's exciting. It's an opportunity that everyone looks for, dreams about as a young kid. You dream about in your backyard throwing the touchdown, a deep ball to win the game. Now I'm just living out my dream and playing in atmospheres I've always wanted to play in. I look at it as a great opportunity. John, I'm really excited. I think it's what the game's all about to go strap it up for 60 minutes. And I'm adding this in here. In the Big 12, right? So Dylan Gabriel hasn't had this opportunity at a place like Oklahoma, now he's got it. He's got plenty of uh, weaponry around him. And not that I would expect anything differently, but I did get the impression of a cool, confident customer at Big 12 Media Days. And uh, as things get kicked off here for Oklahoma Media Days and fall camp for OU, I think Dylan Gabriel is pumped up about this opportunity to take over as the quarterback at Oklahoma. And I think he embraces the expectations and the pressure of playing quarterback at OU, which 
is an important part of being the quarterback at the University of Oklahoma because inherently there are some big time stakes involved. Yeah, he's a guy that was not necessarily afraid of even a Caleb Williams. You know, Caleb Williams decommitted or not decommitted, but entered the transfer portal and hadn't really decided on USC yet. Dylan Gabriel commits to Oklahoma. He was at UCLA, a place where he was going to have to compete for the starting quarterback job. They've got a guy that's returning there. He decides to go to Oklahoma where, you know, Caleb Williams could have returned. It wasn't likely. It was, you know, very small chance that he was going to return, but he was unafraid of the potential of a quarterback competition at Oklahoma. So to me, this is a guy that definitely embraces the challenges that come with playing the quarterback position and is ready to take that next step. I mean, he, to me, he looks like a guy, you know, that is more comfortable just going and doing it than talking about it. Does that make sense? Like, you know, he, you, know, you, you watch him kind of big 12 media day, you know, he's not like the super charismatic guy in front of the media necessarily, but you, you see him with his teammates and some of those videos that he's released on social media, like dude, he's fun loving guy down to earth, just having a good time. Even I think at the softball game, when they interviewed him, um, you know, during the, the women's college world series, he was just kind of like there and just like yucking it up and having a good time and, you know, with his teammates. And so I think like, this is a guy that, you know, he can talk about, you know, the expectations and the pressure. He gives all the right answers, but I think he's a guy that wants to go out and prove what he's capable of doing on the football field. And he's going to have that opportunity here very, very shortly. And again, I think for him, he's got this great familiarity with Jeff Lebby and hearing from Marvin Mims at big 12 media days, that, that's been a big part of the puzzle pieces this offseason for Oklahoma has been Dylan Gabriel's familiarity with Jeff Levy. And not that there's maybe these tons of intricacies that a bunch of these veterans like a Marvin Mims or a, a Theo Weiser, whoever, would really struggle to pick up on very quickly. But, hey, it does help when your quarterback is somebody that, again, is very familiar with Jeff Levy and with his terminology, though – you know, both have grown in their time apart with Levy moving on to Ole Miss for a little bit there. And obviously Dylan Gabriel, the past couple of years, staying at UCF before coming to Oklahoma, while each of them have grown. And sure, Levy might have added uh, a trick or two to his offensive playbook. Just even knowing the terminology alone to start the spring, I think was gigantic for Oklahoma. And from a leadership standpoint, it seems like Dylan Gabriel really embraced that side of it with his teammates, getting them up to speed quickly. And now it is just about all of those other things. John, it's about treating the Big 12 Conference like it's just what he saw at UCF and anything before that. Now, we know that obviously it is a step up in competition for Dylan Gabriel, but the fact that he comes in with that familiarity with playmakers like Marvin Mims, with Theo Weiss, we'll see how the offensive line comes together. I think he's in a good place to step up to the plate and step up to the challenge that is the Big 12 Conference. And again, if, uh, as you said, he's not maybe the most charismatic guy just yet in front of the cameras, he doesn't have to be, right? What matters is how he goes out and plays on uh, Saturdays on game days for Oklahoma. And I just, again, even in the limited bits and pieces that we've seen or heard from Dylan Gabriel, I get the impression that he is very, very comfortable right now at Oklahoma. Now, let's see how that obviously progresses as uh, they strap it up to uh, begin this season. But again, I like what I've seen and heard from him so far. Yeah, he's a guy that's about the business, and I think he's going to be able to, to show some really, really great things. Kind of, it, It's not necessarily to the same extreme, but 
my wife and I, we always joke about, you know, the say, the season that Jalen Hurts was the quarterback uh, in 2019. And, you know, just always got to keep the main thing, the main thing, just take it one game at a time. Just all these, you know, all the, the cliches, like every single cliche that you could think of Jalen Hurts spouted off during that 2019 season. But, you know, that cool as a cucumber, you know, attitude mentality, not getting too high, not getting too low, talking about, hey, we got things we got to work on. It helped carry Oklahoma and it, it allowed them to, to uh, you know, have that big comeback against Baylor down in Waco and allowed them to go through the season and win the Big 12 championship. Now, obviously, they ran into the buzzsaw that was the LSU Tigers uh, during Joe Burrow's Heisman year. But, I mean, I think there's something to be said for having that same kind of mentality that, that you know, we're not going to get too high, we're not going to get too low, and he's just about the business. I mean, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what Dylan Gabriel is going to do on a football field uh, come September 3rd. I, I think there's so much anticipation right now around this season that by the time we kick off on September 3rd, we're going to be reaching this fever pitch of excitement. So less than five weeks away, Josh, we're coming down to the wire. We're going to get you ready for the start of the 2022 college football season with more positional previews, predictions, Big 12 outlooks, things of that nature. Also go check out the Big 12, uh, the Lockdown Big 12 channel as well, where he's going through each team and doing uh, team previews with ourselves as well as the the hosts of other Locked On shows covering the Big 12. So make sure you go check that out. That's going to do it for today's episode. Make sure you're checking us out wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Go subscribe to the show over there. Try to get to 2,500 subscribers by the start of the regular season. We're I think we're going to get there. It's not going to be much of an issue. We're like 2,300, something like that right now. So we're we're on our way. Uh, So make sure you go subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. And check out Josh on Twitter at Josh on Ref. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on 94.7 The Ref and Norman. You can follow me on Twitter at John 9 Williams and read my work covering the Oklahoma Sooners over at the Sooners Wire. But until next time, he's Josh. I'm John Boomer Sooner.